We now continue with the glories of Mary by St. Alphonsus de Liguri. 7. Finally, on the day of the feast, after communion, we must offer ourselves to the service of this Divine Mother and ask of her the grace to practice the virtue, or whatever other grace we had proposed to ourselves, during the novena. It is very well every year to choose amongst the feasts of the Blessed Virgin one for which we have the greatest and most tender devotion, and for this one to make a very special preparation by dedicating ourselves anew and in a more particular manner to her service, choosing her for our Sovereign Lady, Advocate, and Mother. Then we must ask her pardon for all our negligence in her service during the past year, and promise greater fidelity for the next, and conclude by begging her to accept us for her servants, and to obtain us a holy death. Part 3 The Rosary and the Office of Our Blessed Lady It is well known that the devotion of the Most Holy Rosary was revealed to St. Dominic by the Divine Mother herself at a time when the saint was in affliction and bewailing with his Sovereign Lady over the Albigensian heretics who were at that time doing great mischief into the Church. The Blessed Virgin said to him, This land will always be sterile when rain falls on it. St. Dominic was then given to understand that this rain was the devotion of the Rosary which he was to propagate. This the saint indeed did, and it was embraced by all Catholics, so much so that even to the present day there is no devotion so generally practiced by the faithful of all classes as that of the Rosary. What is what there is that modern heretics... Calvin, Butcher, and others have not said to throw discredit on the use of beads. But the immense good that this noble devotion has done to the world is well known. How many, by its means, have been delivered from sin? How many led to a holy life? How many to a good death, and are now saved? To be convinced of this, we need only read the many books that treat on the subject. Suffice it to know that this devotion has been approved by the Church, and that the Sovereign Pontiffs have enriched it with indulgences. The Holy Author here enumerates the principal indulgences that had been attached to the devotion of the Rosary up to the time in which he wrote. Conformably to his intention, we here indicate those that we can gain at the present time, according to the Recolta. An indulgence of one hundred days for every Our Father and every Hail Mary is granted to all the faithful who, with devotion and at least contrite heart, shall say either the whole rosary of fifteen decades, or a third part of it, that is, five decades. And if they recite the whole, or at least five decades, for every day, for a year, they can gain a plenary indulgence on any day of their choice after confession and communion. Besides, an indulgence of ten years and ten times forty days to those who recite the rosary of five decades in company with others, either in public or in private. And if persons have the habit of thus reciting it at least three times a week, they can gain a plenary indulgence on the last Sunday of every month under the usual conditions. A plenary indulgence may be gained by saying five decades before the Blessed Sacrament, either exposed or in the tabernacle. There are many special indulgences for the month of October. These different indulgences are applicable to the souls in purgatory. 
To gain them we must have a rosary that has been blessed by a priest who has the power to bless it, and in reciting it we must meditate on the mysteries of the birth, the passion, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ in the following order for fifteen decades, each composed of an Our Father, ten Hail Marys, and one Glory Be to the Father. The Joyful Mysteries The Annunciation, the Visitation, the Birth, the Presentation, and Finding of Jesus in the Temple. Sorrowful Mysteries The Sufferings of Jesus in the Garden, the Scourging, the crowning with thorns, the carrying of the cross, and the crucifixion. The glorious mysteries. The resurrection, the ascension, the coming of the Holy Ghost, the assumption of the Blessed Virgin, her coronation in heaven. When we recite only five decades, we meditate according to our devotion on the joyful, the sorrowful, or the glorious mysteries. Those who are unable to meditate on these divine mysteries may gain the indulgence by merely saying the rosary devoutly. The decades may be said separately, provided they are said in one day. We must here observe that the faithful who are members of the confraternity of the Holy Rosary can gain many other indulgences, either by reciting the rosary or by performing other good works. The indulgences of the crozier beads of five hundred days for every Our Father and every Hail Mary can be, gained, can be gained simultaneously with the Dominican indulgences if the beads have both blessings. We now continue with the glories of Mary. The rosary should also be said with devotion, and here we may call to mind what the Blessed Virgin said to St. Eulalia, that she was better pleased with five decades said slowly and devoutly and with fifteen said in a hurry and with little devotion. It is, therefore, well to say the rosary kneeling before an image of Mary, and before each decade to make an act of love to Jesus and Mary, and ask them for some particular grace. It is also preferable to say it with others rather than alone. 2. As to the little office of the Blessed Virgin, which is said to have been composed by St. Peter Damien, Pius V granted indulgences to those who recited it, which are now replaced by those of Leo XIII. And the Blessed Virgin has many times shown how acceptable this devotion is to her, as may be seen in Father Aramia's little work. She is also much pleased with the litany of Loretto, for reciting which there is an indulgence of three hundred days each time and for those who say it every day, a plenary indulgence on Mary's five principal festivals, the Immaculate Conception, Nativity, Annunciation, Purification, and Assumption on the usual conditions. The hymn, Ave Maria Stella, Hail Star of the Sea, is also very pleasing to Mary. She desired St. Bridget to say it every day, but still more is she pleased with the Magnificat, for we then praise her in the very words which she herself praised God. Part 4. Fasting There are many devout clients of Mary who, to honor her, fast on bread and water on Saturdays and the vigils of her feasts. It is well known that Saturday is dedicated by the Holy Church to Mary because, as St. Bernard says, on that day, the day after the death of her son, she remained constant in faith. 
Therefore, Mary's clients are careful to honor her on that day by some particular devotion, and especially by fasting on bread and water, as did St. Charles Borromeo, Cardinal Tollet, and many others. Natard, Bishop of Bamberg, and Father Joseph Araiga of the Society of Jesus took no food at all on that day. The great graces that the Mother of God has dispensed to those who do this are recorded by Father Aramia in his little work. Let one example suffice. It is that of the famous captain of brigands, who, on account of this devotion, was preserved in life after his head had been cut off, and was thus enabled to make his confession, for the unfortunate creature was in a state of sin. After confession he declared that, on account of this devotion, the Blessed Virgin had obtained for him so great a grace, and immediately expired. It would not then be anything very great for a person who pretends to be devout to Mary, and particularly for one who perhaps has already deserved hell to offer her this fast on Saturdays. I affirm that those who practice this devotion can hardly be lost. Not that I mean to say that if they die in mortal sin the Blessed Virgin will deliver them by a miracle, as she did this bandit. These are prodigies of divine mercy which very rarely occur, and it would be the height of folly to expect eternal salvation by such means. But I say that for those who practice this devotion, the Divine Mother will make perseverance in God's grace easy, and obtain them a good death. All the members of our little congregation who are able to do so practice this devotion. I say those who are able to do so, for if our health does not permit it, at least we should on Saturdays content ourselves with one dish, or observe an ordinary fast, or abstain from fruit, or something for which we have a relish. On Saturdays we should always practice some devotion in honor of our Blessed Lady, receive Holy Communion, or at least hear Mass, visit an image of Mary, wear a hair cloth, or something of that sort. But at least on the vigils of her seven principal festivals, her clients should offer her this fast, either on bread and water, or honor her otherwise as best they can. Part 5. Visiting the Images of Mary Father Signeri says that the devil did not know how to repair his losses in the overthrow of idolatry better than by attacking sacred images through the instrumentality of heretics. But the Holy Church has defended them even with the blood of martyrs, and the Divine Mother has shown by prodigies how pleasing to her are the visits paid to her images. St. John Damascene had his hand cut off for having defended by his writings the images of Mary, but his Sovereign Lady miraculously restored it to him. Father Spinelli relates that in Constantinople a veil that covered an image of the Blessed Virgin on every Saturday drew itself aside, and after Vespers again closed of its own accord. The veil of an image of our Blessed Lady, visited by St. John of God, was once withdrawn in a similar manner, so much so that the sacristan, thinking that the saint was a robber, kicked him, but his foot instantly withered. Hence all Mary's clients often visit with great affection her images and the churches dedicated in her honor, 
These are precisely, according to St. John Damascene, the cities of refuge in which we can find safety from temptations and the chastisements that we have deserved for our sins. The first thing that Emperor St. Henry used to do on entering a city was to visit a church of Our Blessed Lady. Father Thomas Sanchez used never to return home without having visited some church of Mary. Let us not think it too much to visit our Queen every day in some church or chapel, or even in our own house, where for this purpose it would be well to have in a retired part a little oratory, with her image, which should be kept decorated with drapery, flowers, tapers, or lamps, and before it we should also recite her litany, the rosary, etc. For this purpose I have published a little book, which has already been reprinted eight times, of visits to the Blessed Sacrament, as well as to the Blessed Virgin, for every day in the month. Some devout client of Mary could also have one of her feasts celebrated in a church or chapel, with greater solemnity than it otherwise would be, and have it preceded by a novena, with exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, and even with sermons. Here, however, it is well to relate a fact recorded by Father Spinelli in his book of Miracles of the Madonna. In the year 1611, on the vigil of Pentecost, an immense concourse of people had assembled at the celebrated sanctuary of Mary in Montevergini. The people had profaned the feast with dances, excesses, and immodest conduct when suddenly it was discovered that fire was bursting forth from the house of amusement in which they were assembled, and in less than an hour and a half it was reduced to ashes, and more than four hundred persons lost their lives. Five persons who escaped deposed on oath that they had seen our Blessed Lady herself set fire to the place with two torches. After this, I entreat the clients of Mary to keep away as much as possible from such sanctuaries during festivals, and also, as far as they can, to prevent others from going there. For on such occasions the devil gains more profit than the Blessed Virgin derives honor by it. Let those who have this devotion go at a time when there is no concourse of people. Part 5. The Scapular as men esteem it an honor to have persons who wear their livery, so also is our Blessed Lady pleased that her clients should wear her scapular, as a mark that they have dedicated themselves to her service, and that they are members of the household of the Mother of God. Modern heretics, as usual, ridicule this devotion, but the Holy Church has approved it by many bulls and indulgences. Fathers Crasset and Lazana, speaking of the scapular of Mount Carmel, relate that towards the year 1251 the Blessed Virgin appeared to St. Simon Stock, an Englishman, and giving him the scapular, said that all who should wear it would be saved from eternal damnation. She said, Receive, my beloved son, this scapular of thy order, the badge of my confraternity, a privilege granted to thee and to all Carmelites. Whoever dies clothed with it will not suffer eternal flames. 
Moreover, Father Crasset relates that Mary appeared to Pope John the Twenty-Second, and commanded him to make it known that all those who should wear this scapular would be delivered from purgatory on the Saturday after their death. And this he did by a bull, which was afterwards confirmed by Alexander V, Clement VII, and other pontiffs. Paul V, as we have remarked in the first part of this work, gives us to understand the same thing, and seems to explain the bulls of his predecessors, and prescribes in his the conditions on which the indulgences may be gained. These conditions are that each one should observe the chastity required in his state of life, and the recitation of the little office of the Blessed Virgin. Those who cannot do so must be exact in keeping the fast days prescribed by the Church, and abstain from meat on Wednesdays and Saturdays. The indulgences, moreover, which are annexed to the scapular of Mount Carmel, of the seven dollars of Our Lady, of the Blessed Trinity, and especially of the Immaculate Conception, are innumerable, as well partial as plenary, both in life and for the hour of death. For my own part, I have been careful to receive all these scapulars. To that of the Immaculate Conception in particular, very great indulgences have been attached by various sovereign pontiffs. Part 7. Confraternities of Our Blessed Lady Some disapprove of confraternities, because they sometimes give rise to quarrels, and because many join them for temporal purposes. But as churches and the sacraments are not condemned because there are too many who make a bad use of them, neither should confraternities be condemned. The sovereign pontiffs, so far from condemning them, have approved and highly commended them, and also enriched them with many indulgences. St. Francis de Sales, with great earnestness, exhorts all seculars to join them. What pains, moreover, did not St. Charles Borromeo take to establish and multiply these confraternities? In his synods he particularly recommends confessors to engage their penitents to join them, and with, and with good reason. For these sodalities, especially those of our Blessed Lady, are so many Noah's arks in which poor seculars find a refuge from the deluge of temptations and sins which inundate the world. We, from the experience of our missions, well know the utility of these confraternities, as a rule, a man who does not attend the meetings of a confraternity commits more sins than twenty men who do attend them. A confraternity can well be called a Tower of David. A thousand bucklers hang upon it, all the armor of valiant men. The reason that confraternities do so much good is that in them the members acquire many weapons of defense against hell, and put in practice the requisite means of preservation in divine grace, which are seldom made use of by seculars who are not members of these confraternities. 1. In the first place, one means of salvation is to meditate on the eternal truths. Remember thy last end, and thou shalt never sin. How many are lost because they neglect to do this? With desolation is all the land made desolate, because there is none that considereth in his heart. 
but those who frequent the meetings of their confraternities are led to think of these truths by the many meditations, lectures, and sermons they hear there. My sheep hear my voice. 2. To save one's soul, prayer is necessary. Ask, and you shall receive. This the members of the confraternities do constantly. God also hears their prayers the more readily, for he has himself said that he grants graces more willingly to prayers offered up in common. If two of you shall consent upon earth concerning anything whatsoever they shall ask it, it shall be done to them by my Father. On which St. Ambrose says that many who are weak, when united, become strong, and it is impossible that the prayers of so many should not be heard. 3. In confraternities, the sacraments are most likely to be frequented, both on account of the rules and the example which is given by the other members. And, and thus perseverance in grace is more easily obtained. The Sacred Council of Trent having declared that Holy Communion is an antidote whereby we may be freed from daily faults and be preserved from mortal sins. 4. Besides the frequentation of the sacraments in these confraternities, many acts of mortification, humility, and charity towards the sick brethren and the poor are performed. Well would it be if this holy custom of assisting the sick poor of the place were introduced into all confraternities. 5. We have already said how profitable it is for our salvation to serve the Mother of God. And what else do the members of the confraternity do but serve her? How much is she not praised there? How many prayers are not there offered to her? From the very beginning the brothers are consecrated to her service. They choose her in an especial manner for their sovereign lady and mother. They are inscribed in the book of the children of Mary. Hence, as they are her servants and children in an especial manner, in an especial manner are they treated by her, and she protects them in life and in death, so that a member of a confraternity of Mary can say, Now all good things came to me together with it. Each member should therefore pay attention to two things. First of all, the object that he should have in view should be no other than to serve God and his mother Mary, and save his soul. Secondly, not to allow worldly affairs to prevent his attendance at the meeting on the appointed days, for he has there to attend to the most important business that he has in the world, which is his eternal salvation. He should also endeavor to draw as many others as he can to join the confraternity, and especially to bring back those members who have left it. Oh, with what terrible chastisements has our Lord punished those who have abandoned the confraternity of our Blessed Lady! There was a brother who did so in Naples, and when he was exhorted to return, he answered, I will do so when my legs are broken and my head is cut off. He prophesied, for a short time afterwards some enemies of his broke his legs and cut off his head. On the other hand, the members who persevere have both their temporal and spiritual wants provided for by Mary. 
All her domestics are clothed with double garments. Father Orema relates how many special graces Mary grants to members of the confraternity, both in life and in death, but more particularly in death. Father Crasset gives an account of a young man who, in the year 1586, was dying. He fell asleep, but afterwards waking, he said to his confessor, O oh, Father, I have been in great danger of damnation, but our Blessed Lady rescued me. The devils presented my sins before our Lord's tribunal, and they were already preparing to drag me to hell, but the Blessed Virgin came and said to them, Whither are you taking this young man? What business have you with the servant of mine, who has served me so long in my confraternity? The devils fled, and thus was I delivered from their hands. The same author also relates that another brother had also, at the point of death, a great battle with hell. But at length, having conquered, filled with joy, he exclaimed, Oh, what a blessing it is to serve the Holy Mother in her confraternity! And thus, filled with consolation, he expired. He then adds that in Naples, when the Duke of Popoli was dying, he said to his son, Son, know that the little good that I have done in this life I attribute to my confraternity. Hence, I have no greater treasure to leave thee than the confraternity of Mary. I now value more having been one of its members than being Duke of Popoli. Part 8. The Alms Given in Mary's Honor Clients of the Blessed Virgin are accustomed to give alms to the poor in honor of the Divine Mother, especially on Saturdays. That holy shoemaker, of whom St. Gregory speaks of in his dialogues, his name was Deusdedit, used on Saturday to distribute all his earnings of the past week to the poor. Hence a holy soul in a vision saw a sumptuous palace which God was preparing in heaven for this servant of Mary, but its construction only went on on Saturdays. St. Gerard never refused anything at any time for which he was asked in Mary's name. Father Martin Gutierrez of the Society of Jesus did the same, and in consequence acknowledged that he had never asked Mary for a grace which he had not obtained. This servant of hers, having been put to death by the Huguenots, the Divine Mother appeared to his companions, accompanied by virgins, who, by her direction, wrapped the body in linen and carried it away. St. Eberhard, Bishop of Salzburg, practiced the same devotion, and on account of it, a holy monk saw him as a child in the arms of Mary, who said, This is my son Eberhard, who never denied me anything. Alexander of Hales, who had the same devotion, being once asked in the name of Mary by a Franciscan lay brother to join the order, immediately complied, gave up the world, and became a friar. Let therefore no client of the Blessed Virgin think it too much to give a trifling alms every day in her honor, and to increase it on Saturdays. If they can do nothing else, they should at least perform some other act for the love of Mary, such as visiting the sick, praying for sinners, and for the souls in purgatory, etc. 
works of mercy are very pleasing to the heart of this mother of mercy. Part 9 Frequent Recourse to Mary Of all devotions, there is none so pleasing to our mother as that of having frequent recourse to her intercession, seeking her help in all our wants, for example, when we have to give or ask advice, in dangers, afflictions, and temptations, and particularly in temptations against purity. The Divine Mother will then certainly deliver us, if we have recourse to her by saying the antiphon, We fly to thy patronage, etc., or with the Hail Mary, or by only invoking the most holy name of Mary, which has particular power against the devils. Blessed Santi of the Order of St. Francis, being once tempted with an impure thought, had recourse to Mary. She immediately appeared to him, and placing her hand on his breast, delivered him. It is also useful on these occasions to kiss or press to our heart our rosary or scapular, or to look at an image of the Blessed Virgin. It is well also to know that Pius X granted three hundred days' indulgence to those who pronounce the names of Jesus and Mary, and seven years and seven quarantines for those three names of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Part 10. Several other practices in honor of Mary. 1. To say or hear Mass, or to have Mass said in honor of the Blessed Virgin. It is true that the holy sacrifice of the Mass can be offered to God alone, to whom it is offered principally and as acknowledgment of His supreme dominion. But the Sacred Council of Trent says that this does not prevent it from being, at the same time, offered to God in thanksgiving for graces granted to the saints and to his most holy mother, that whilst we are mindful of them, they may deign to intercede for us. And for this reason, at Mass we say, that it may avail to their honor, but to our salvation. Our Blessed Lady herself revealed to a holy soul that this devotion of offering the Mass, as also of saying the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and glory be to the Father three times in honor of the Most Holy Trinity and in thanksgiving for the graces granted to her was most pleasing to her. For the Blessed Virgin, being unable to thank our Lord for all the precious gifts he has bestowed on her, rejoices greatly when her children help her to thank God. 2. To reverence the saints who are more nearly related to Mary as St. Joseph St. Joachim, and St. Anne. The Blessed Virgin herself recommended a certain nobleman to be devout towards her mother, St. Anne. We should also honor the saints who are most devoted to the Divine Mother, such as St. John the Evangelist, St. John the Baptist, St. Bernard, St. John Damascene, the defender of her images, St. Ildefonsus, the defender of her virginity, etc. 3 to read every day a book that treats of the glories of Mary, to preach, or at least to try to instill into all, and particularly our relatives, devotion to the Divine Mother. The Blessed Virgin once said to St. Bridget, Take care that thy children are also my children. 
to pray every day for the most devoted clients of Mary, both living and dead. We should also remember the many indulgences granted by sovereign pontiffs to those who in various ways honor the Queen of Heaven. 1. To whoever says, Blessed be the holy and immaculate conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God. Leo XIII granted for each time an indulgence of 300 days. 2. For the litany of Loreto, 300 days indulgence. 3. For the names of Jesus and Mary, 300 days indulgence. And for the names of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, 7 years and 7 quarantines. Here, for the convenience of devout souls, I will indicate other indulgences granted by sovereign pontiffs for other devotions. 1. For hearing Mass when specially granted. 2. For making an act of contrition. Benedict the Fifteenth granted 300 days and for an act of love, My God, I love thee, 300 days. 3. To those who say the invocation, O Mary, Queen of Light, enlighten sinners and bring them to the heart of thy divine Son. 300 days indulgence. 4. To those who meditate for at least a quarter of an hour every day, Benedict the Fourteenth granted many indulgences, and a plenary one once a month, on condition of approaching the sacraments of penance and the Holy Eucharist. 5. To those who say the prayer Anima Christi, 300 days indulgence. 6. To those who accompany the Holy Viaticum, 5 years and 5 times 40 days, if without a wax light, and if with one, 7 years and 7 quarantines. Those who cannot accompany it, but say a pater and an ave for the intention of the sovereign pontiff, 100 days. For a brief visit and adoration at the altar of the Blessed Sacrament on first entering a church, made before anything else, 300 days, as also for every exterior act of reverence when passing a church or chapel where the Blessed Sacrament is reserved. To priests who before Mass say the prayer, Ego volo celebrare misam, 50 days. The Rocolta gives very many other indulgences. Those who endeavor to gain these indulgences must be careful to dispose themselves by an act of contrition. I omit other devotions which may be found in other books, such as those of the Seven Joys, of the Twelve Privileges of Mary, and the like, and conclude in the beautiful words of St. Bernardine of Siena. O Lady, blessed amongst all women, Thou art the honor of the human race, and the salvation of our people. Thy merits have no limits, and Thou hast full power over all creatures. Thou art the Mother of God, the Sovereign Lady of the world, and the Queen of Heaven. Thou art the dispenser of all graces, and the ornament of the Holy Church. Thou art the model of the just, the consolation of the saints, and the root of our salvation. Thou art the joy of paradise, the gate of heaven, the glory of God. Behold, we have announced thy praises. 
We beseech thee then, O Mother of Mercy, to supply for our weakness, to excuse our presumption, to accept our services, to bless our labors, by imprinting thy love in the hearts of all, that after having honored and loved thy Son on earth, we may praise him and bless him forever in heaven. Amen. Conclusion And with this, my dear reader and brother, lover of our Mother Mary, I bid you farewell and say, Continue with joy to honor and love this good lady, and endeavor also to cause her to be loved by as many as you can. And doubt not, but be fully persuaded, that if you persevere until death in true devotion to Mary, your salvation is certain. I conclude, not that I should not still have much to say in the glories of this great queen, but lest I should tire you. The little that I have written will be more than sufficient to make you desire this great treasure, devotion towards the Mother of God, which she will fully reward by her powerful patronage. Accept then the desire which I have had in this work, to lead you to salvation and to sanctify by inflaming you with love and ardent devotion to this most amiable queen. And should you find that in this I have somewhat helped you by my book, as a charity I beg that you will recommend me to Mary, and ask her for me the grace which I ask her for you, that we may one day be together at her feet, in company with all her other dear children. And to thee do I turn in conclusion, O Mother of my Lord, and my Mother Mary, I beseech thee graciously to accept my poor labors, and the desire which I have had to see thee praised and loved by all. Thou well knowest how ardently I have desired to complete this little work of thy glories before the end of my life, which is already drawing to its close. But now I die happy, leaving this book on earth, which will continue to praise and preach thee, as I have endeavored to do so during the years which have passed since my conversion, which through thee I obtained from God. O Immaculate Mary, I recommend all those who love thee to thee, and especially those who read this little book, and more particularly those who have the charity to recommend me to thee. O Lady, grant them perseverance, make them all saints, and thus lead them all united to praise thee in heaven. O my most sweet mother, it is true that I am only a poor sinner, but I glory in loving thee, and hope great things from thee, and amongst others to die loving thee. I trust that in the agonies of death, when the devil will put my sins before me, that in the first place the passion of Jesus and then thy intercession will strengthen and enable me to leave this miserable life in the grace of God, that so I may go and love him, and thank thee, my mother, for all eternity. Amen. Lovely Rose, if thou dost deign love to lavish still on me, Grant my heart such love to gain, that it die for love of thee. My lady, grant this grace to me, to love thee until death. 
and when I die to call on thee still with my latest breath. My hope art thou, O Mary blessed, sweet star of life's dark sea. Ah, guide me safe to the port of rest, and open heaven to me. Live Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and Teresa. We will continue with some meditations of St. Alphonsus de Liguri on the next side of the tape. We now continue with meditations which were not composed by the holy author for the glories of Mary. We have, however, placed them here in the order of the complete works. Novena to the Blessed Virgin or Meditations on the Litany of Loreto for the nine days preceding each of the principal feast festivals of the Divine Mother. Meditation 1 Sancta Maria, ora pro nobis Holy Mary, pray for us. Since in the litany of our Blessed Lady, the Church teaches us to ask this good Mother so many times to pray for us, it will be well before meditating upon the titles by which she is invoked to consider the great power which her prayers have with God. Blessed is that person for whom Mary prays. Jesus rejoices when his most beloved mother prays to him that he may have the pleasure of granting her all she asks. One day, St. Bridget heard Jesus speak to Mary and say, My mother, thou well knowest that I cannot do otherwise than grant thy prayers. Therefore, ask of me what thou wilt. And then he added, Since thou, when on earth, didst deny me nothing, it is becoming, now that I am in heaven, that I should deny thee nothing that thou askest me. St. Bernard says, To be heard by the Son is to be graciously heard. Mary has only to speak, and her Son grants her all that she asks. Let us, therefore, pray to this Divine Mother without ceasing, if we wish to secure our eternal salvation, and let us address her in the words of St. Andrew of Crete. We beseech thee, therefore, O Holy Virgin, to grant us the help of thy prayers with God, prayers that are more precious than all the treasures in the world, prayers that obtain for us a very great abundance of graces, prayers that confound all enemies and triumph over their strength. 2. Santa Maria, Holy Mary. The name of Mary is a name of salvation. This name came not of earth, but from heaven. Hence, St. Epiphanius says that it was not given to Mary by her parents, but was imposed on her by the express will of God. Therefore, it is that, after the name of Jesus, the name of Mary is above every other name, for God has filled it with grace and sweetness, that every blessing may be obtained by him who names it. St. Bernard says, O Mary, thou canst not be named without inflaming the heart of him who does so with love for thee. Blessed Henry Suso used to exclaim, O Mary, what must thou thyself be, since thy very name is so amiable and gracious? That name is filled with blessings. St. Bonaventure says that the name of Mary cannot be invoked without profit to him who does so. Above all, this name has power to overcome the temptations of hell. 
Ah, my lady, had I always invoked thee in my temptations, I should not have fallen. For the future I will never cease to invoke thee, saying, Mary, help me, Mary, succor me. And do thou obtain me the grace always to invoke thee in time of spiritual danger. 3. Sancta Dei Genitrix Holy Mother of God If the prayers of the saints are very powerful with God, how great must be the power of those of Mary! The former are the prayers of servants, the latter the prayers of a mother. St. Antoninus says that the prayers of Mary have the force of a command with Jesus Christ. Hence he concludes that it is impossible for the Son not to grant a grace for which the mother asks. St. Bernard, therefore, exhorts us to ask for every grace which we desire from God through Mary. Let us seek for grace, and seek it by Mary. And why? Because she is a mother, and is always graciously heard. O great mother of God, pray to Jesus for me. Behold the miseries of my soul, and pity me. Pray, and never cease to pray, until thou seest me safe in paradise. O Mary, thou art my hope, abandon me not. Holy Mother of God, pray for us. Meditation 2 Mater Divine Grazie Mother of Divine Grace St. Anselm calls Mary the Mother of all Graces, and Blessed Raymond Giordano, the treasure of divine grace. Hence, St. Bernardine of Siena writes that all the gifts and graces that we receive from God are dispensed by the hands of Mary, to whom, when, and as she pleases. This she herself says, With me are riches, that I may enrich them that love me. Our Lord has deposited all the riches of his grace into my hands, that I may enrich those who love me. Then, my queen, if I love thee, I no longer shall be poor as I am. After God, I love thee above all things. Do thou obtain me greater tenderness and love for thy goodness. St. Bonaventure tells me that all whom thou willest are saved. Therefore will I address thee with the same saint. O salvation of all who call upon thee, save me from hell. But first of all, save me from sin, which alone can take me to hell. 2. Mater Purissima Mother Most Pure This Virgin Mother, all fair and pure, renders all her servants pure and chaste. St. Ambrose writes that when Mary was on earth, her presence alone inspired all those who looked at her with a love of purity. She was called a lily amongst thorns. As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. All other virgins, said Denis the Carthusian, were thorns either to themselves or to others. But the Blessed Virgin was so neither to herself nor to others, for she inspired all those upon whom she looked with pure and holy affections. Phrygenius, who wrote the life of St. Thomas Aquinas, relates that it was an ordinary saying of the saint that even the images of this chaste turtle-dove extinguish sensual desires in those who look at them with devotion. The Venerable John de Avila says, 
that many who were tempted against purity had preserved themselves chaste by devotion to our Blessed Lady. Oh, how especially powerful is the name of Mary in conquering all temptations to this vice! O oh, most pure Mary, deliver me from it. Grant that in my temptations I may always have recourse to thee, and invoke thee as long as the temptation lasts. 3. Mater Inviolata Mother Undefiled Mary was that spotless woman who always appeared beautiful and without stain in the eyes of God. Thou art all fair, O my love, and there is not a spot in thee. Hence she was made the sinner's peacemaker, as she is called by St. Ephraim. Hail, peacemaker of the whole world! This she also says of herself in the sacred canticles. I am become in his presence as one finding peace. St. Gregory says that if a rebel appeared before his offended king to appease him, instead of doing so, he would provoke him to greater anger. Hence, Mary, being destined to treat of peace between God and men, it was not becoming that she should appear as a sinner and as an accomplice in Adam's sin, and therefore our Lord preserved her from every stain. Ah, my immaculate queen, fair dove, and the beloved of God, Disdain not to cast thine eyes on the many stains and wounds of my soul. See me and pity me. God, who loves thee so much, denies thee nothing, and thou knowest not how to refuse those who have recourse to thee. O Mary, to thee I have recourse. Pity me. Mother inviolate, pray for us. Meditation 3 1. Mater Amabilis Mother Most Amiable Richard of St. Lawrence says that Mary was amiable in the eyes of God himself. Mary was so beautiful in the eyes of God that he was enamored of her beauty. How beautiful art thou, my love, how beautiful thou art! Hence he called her his only dove, his only perfect one. One is my dove, my perfect one is but one. It is certain, as Father Suarez says, that God loved Mary more than all the other saints together, and with reason, for she alone loved God more than all men, and all angels have ever loved him. O most beautiful Mary, O most amiable Mary, thou hast gained the heart of God. Take also my poor heart, and make me a saint. I love thee, in thee is my confidence. Most amiable mother, pray for us. 2. Mater Salvatoris Mother of our Redeemer St. Bonaventure calls Mary the Mediatress of our Salvation, and St. John Damascene the Savior in a certain manner of the world. For two reasons Mary can be called the Savior of the world and our Mediatress that is, our Mediatress of Grace, as Jesus Christ is the Mediator of Justice. First, on account of the consent which she gave at the Incarnation of the Eternal Word, for by that consent, St. Bernadine says, she procured us salvation. Secondly, by the consent which Mary gave to the death of her Son, 
in which she expressed her willingness that he should be sacrificed on the cross for our salvation. I remind thee then, O mother of my Saviour, that thou didst once offer the life of thy son to God. Save me now by thy intercession. 3. Virgo Veneranda Virgin Most Venerable St. Anselm says that when we say that Mary is the mother of God, we speak of a dignity which is above every other dignity that can be named or thought of after that of God. Therefore, he says, O lady, nothing equals thee, for all is either above thee, and this is God alone, or beneath thee, and this is all that is not God. In fine, St. Bernadine writes that God alone can know the greatness of Mary. Blessed Albert the Great says that Mary could not be more closely united to God without becoming God. This great mother of God is, then, indeed worthy of our veneration, since God himself could not have made her greater than he did when he made her his mother. O mother of God, my mother Mary, I venerate thee, and would wish thee to be venerated by all hearts as the exalted lady that thou art. Pity a poor sinner who loves thee and trusts in thee. Virgin most venerable, pray for us. Meditation 4 Virgo Predicanda Virgin Most Renowned The Holy Church proclaims that this Divine Mother is most worthy of every praise. For, as St. Ildefonsus says, all praise that is given to the Mother redounds to the honor of the Son. With reason, then, did St. George of Nicomedia declare that God accepts the praises which are lavished on Mary as if they were bestowed on himself. The Blessed Virgin promises paradise to him who endeavors to make her known and loved. They that explain me shall have life everlasting. Therefore, Richard of St. Lawrence writes that all who honor her in this world will be honored by her in the next. St. Anselm says, that as Mary, by becoming the mother of God, was the means of the salvation of sinners, so are sinners saved by proclaiming her praises. All cannot be preachers, but all can praise her, and speak to relatives and friends in similar familiar conversation of the merits of Mary, of her powers and mercy, and thus lead them to devotion towards this Divine Mother. O Queen of Heaven, from this time forward I am determined to do all that I can to cause thee to be venerated and loved by all. Accept my desire, and help me to execute it. In the meantime, inscribe me in the number of thy servants, and never permit me again to become a slave to Lucifer. 2. Virgo Potens Virgin Most Powerful and who amongst the saints is as powerful with God as his most holy mother? She obtains all that she pleases. Thou willest, says St. Bernard, and all is done. St. Peter Damian even says that when Mary asks graces from God, she does not ask but, so to say, commands, for her son honors her by refusing her nothing. Thus does the son honor his beloved mother, by granting her whatever she asks, even in favor of sinners. Hence, St. Germanus says, 
Thou, O Mother of God, art omnipotent to save sinners, and needest no other recommendation with God, for Thou art the Mother of true life. O Mary, Thou canst make me a saint. I rely on Thee. 3. Virgo Clemens, Virgin Most Merciful Mary is as clement and merciful towards those who have recourse to her intercession as she is powerful with God. St. Bernard says that since the power to save us cannot be wanting to Mary, as she is the mother of God, so neither can the will be wanting to her, for she is our mother. Who is there that ever had recourse to Mary and was abandoned? Let him cease to praise thy mercy, says the same St. Bernard, who remembers having ever invoked thee without being graciously heard. St. Bonaventure writes that Mary has so great a desire to be invoked by us that she may dispense her favors to us in greater abundance, that she is not only offended by those who speak ill of her, but also by those who neglect to ask her for graces. Thus, to obtain her help, we are not obliged to pray much to this Mother of Mercy. It is enough to ask for it with confidence. Her mercy, says Richard of St. Victor, comes to our aid before we invoke it, and he tells us why. It is because she cannot know and see our miseries without relieving them. See then, O Mary, see my miseries and help me. Virgin most merciful, pray for us. Meditation 5 Virgo Fidelis Virgin Most Faithful Blessed is he who by his prayers watches by the gate of Mary, as the poor wait at the door of the rich to obtain relief. Blessed is the man, Mary says, that heareth me, and that watcheth daily at my gates. O oh, that we were as faithful to serve this Divine Mother, as she is faithful to relieve us when we pray to her, Mary promises that all who serve and honor her shall be free from sin and obtain eternal life. They that work by me shall not sin. They that explain me shall have life everlasting. She invites all to have recourse to her and promises them every grace that they desire. In me is all grace of the way and of the truth. In me is all hope of life and of virtue. Come over to me, all ye that desire me. St. Lawrence Justinian applies to Mary that other text of Ecclesiasticus. Her bands are a healthful binding. And then adds, Wherefore bands, unless to bind her servants, that they may not stray in the fields of sin? Mary binds her servants, that they may not give themselves too much liberty, which would cause their ruin. O Mother of God, in Thee do I place all my confidence. Thou must preserve me from falling any more into sin. My Lady, abandon me not. Obtain me the grace rather to die than to lose the grace of God. 2. Causa Nostre Latitiae Cause of our joy As the dawn is the cause of joy after the darkness and gloom of night, so is the birth of Mary, who is our dawn, a cause of joy to the world, which, before the coming of Jesus Christ, had been for four thousand years immersed in the darkness of sin. 
A holy father says that in the birth of Mary the dawn appeared. The dawn is the forerunner of the sun, and Mary was the precursor of the incarnate word, the son of justice, the redeemer, who by his death delivered us from eternal death. With reason the church sings on the nativity of Mary, Thy birth, O holy mother of God, announced joy to the whole world. And as Mary was the beginning of our joy, so is she also its completion. For St. Bernard says that Jesus Christ deposited the whole price of our redemption in the hands of Mary, that every grace which we receive, we may receive it from her. O Mother of God, Thou art my joy and my hope, for Thou deniest the graces to no one, and Thou obtainest all that Thou willest from God. 3. Vas insigni devotionis, Vessel of singular devotion. Devotion, as St. Thomas teaches, consists in the readiness with which our will conforms itself to the will of God. This was the principal virtue which rendered his most holy mother so dear to God. This also was the signification of the answer which our Lord gave to the woman who called the womb which bore him blessed. Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. By this, according to Venerable Bede, our Lord meant that Mary was more blessed by her union of her will with that of God than by being his mother. That flower, which always turns towards the sun, is a real type of Mary. The divine will was alone the aim and satisfaction of the heart of Mary, as she herself proclaimed, My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. O blessed art thou, my lady, who wast always, and in all, united to the divine will. Obtain for me the grace to spend the rest of my life in constant conformity to the will of God. Meditation 6 Rosa Mystica Mystical Rose Of Mary it is said in the sacred canticles that she was the enclosed garden of God. My sister, my spouse, is a garden enclosed. St. Bernard writes that our Lord planted all the flowers which adorn the church in this garden, and amongst others the violet of humility, the lily of purity, and the rose of charity. A rose is red and of a fiery color, says blessed Raymond Giordano, which denotes love of God and of our neighbor. Therefore, on account of the ardent love with which the heart of Mary was always inflamed towards God and us, she is called a rose. And where can we find an advocate who is more earnest in the affair of our salvation, or who loves us more than Mary? We acknowledge, says St. Augustine of her, that one alone is solicitous for us in heaven. O my dear mother, could I but love thee as thou lovest me! I will not, however, cease to do all that I can to honor and love thee. My most sweet lady, do thou obtain for me the grace to be faithful to thee. 2. Turis Davidica, Tower of David Mary is called in the sacred canticles the Tower of David. Thy neck is as the Tower of David. A thousand bucklers hang upon it, all the armor of valiant men. St. Bernadine says that the Tower of David stood on high, that is, on Sion. 
Therefore Mary is called the Tower of David, to denote the height of perfection of this great creature. As Sion was a very elevated spot, so was the Blessed Virgin most exalted. Therefore of Mary it is said in the Psalms that the very beginning of her sanctity was more exalted than the mountains. The foundations thereof are in the high holy mountains. St. Gregory explains it to mean that the Divine Mother was more holy in the first moment of her life than any of the saints were at the moment of their death. Ah, my Queen and Mother, I rejoice in thy greatness, and am willing rather to sacrifice my life than that thy glory should be diminished in the least degree were such a thing possible. Oh, that I could only, by shedding every drop of my blood, cause all nations of the earth to adore and love thee as the great lady which thou art. 3. Turis Eburnia Tower of Ivory This is Mary also called. Thy neck is as a tower of ivory. Mary is called a neck, for she is the mystic neck through which the vital spirits, that is, the divine help which preserves in us the life of grace, are transmitted from Jesus Christ, the Head, to us, the faithful, who are members of the mystic body of the Church. St. Bernadine says, The life-giving graces flow from Christ, the Head, through the Blessed Virgin, into his mystic body. The saint then adds, that from the time when Mary conceived the incarnate word, she received the great honor from God, that no one should receive any grace otherwise than through her hands. In fine, ivory is greatly esteemed and is strong. Hence the abbot Rupert writes of Mary, that as a tower of ivory she is beloved by God, and terrible to the devil. Then, O my sovereign lady, because thou art so beloved of God, thou canst obtain us every grace, and because thou art terrible to the evil spirits, thou canst deliver us from all their snares. Have mercy on us, who glory in living under thy protection. Meditation 7 Domus Aurea House of Gold Gold is a symbol of love. Therefore, Blessed Albert the Great calls Mary a golden temple of charity. And with reason, for St. Thomas says that as all in the temple was covered with gold, so was everything in the beautiful soul of Mary filled with sanctity. Mary was the house of gold which eternal wisdom, that is, the divine word, chose for his dwelling on earth. Wisdom hath built herself a house. This house of God, says Richard of St. Lawrence, is so rich that it can relieve all our wants. O Mary, thou lovest God so much, and therefore thou desirest to see him loved by all. This is the grace which above all others I ask of thee, in which I hope from thee. Obtain me great love for God. 2. Federis Arca Ark of the Covenant Hesychius calls Mary an ark more spacious than that of Noah. For in the ark of Noah only two animals of every kind were received, but under the mantle of Mary the just and sinners find place. This was one day revealed to St. Gertrude, for she saw a multitude of wild beasts, lions, leopards, and the like, 
that took refuge under the mantle of Mary, and she not only did not drive them away, but with her benign hands caressed them, that they might not flee away. The animals that entered the ark remained animals, but sinners who are received under the mantle of Mary do not remain sinners. She is certain to change their hearts and to render them agreeable to God. The Blessed Virgin herself said to St. Bridget, However much a man may have sinned, if he returns to me with a real purpose of amendment, I am ready at once to receive him. Neither do I pay attention to the sins with which he is laden, but only to the good disposition in which he comes. And then I do not disdain to anoint and heal his wounds, for I am called, and truly am, the Mother of Mercy. O Mother of Mercy, will I then say to thee, in the words of St. Bernard, Remember that it has never been heard of in any age that any sinner who had recourse to thee was rejected by thee. I, a miserable sinner, have recourse to thee and trust in thee. 3. Yanwa Cheli, Gate of Heaven Mary is called the Gate of Heaven because, as St. Bonaventure declares, no one can enter heaven unless by Mary, as through a door. Our Queen says, My power is in Jerusalem. Richard of St. Lawrence adds, Commanding what I will, and introducing whom I will. I can obtain whatever I please for my clients, and introduce all whom I please to into paradise. Hence St. Bonaventure writes, That those who enjoy the favor of Mary are recognized by the citizens of heaven, and those who bear her stamp, that is, have the grace to be her servants, are inscribed in the book of life. For this reason, Bernadine de Bustis calls Mary the book of life, and says that whoever, by this devotion, is written in this book, is certain to be saved. Ah, my mother, in thee do I repose my hope of eternal salvation. I love thee. Do thou save me. Never allow a servant of thine who loves thee to go to blaspheme thee in hell. Meditation 8 Stela Matuzina Morning Star St. John Damascene calls Mary the star which indicates the rising of the sun. As the morning star precedes the sun, so does devotion towards the most blessed virgin precede the sun of divine grace. For St. Germanus says that devotion in a soul towards Mary is a sign either that it is already in a state of grace or that it will very soon be so. Our Lady is also called the Star of the Sea by the Church, for, as St. Thomas explains it, as mariners in tempestuous weather are guided by the Star of the Sea into port, so are souls guided by Mary over the sea of this world into paradise. Hence, St. Bernard warns us, saying, If you do not wish to be lost in the storm of temptations, turn not your eyes from this star of salvation. He then continues, If you follow Mary, you will not go astray. If Mary protects you, you cannot fear to be lost. If Mary favors you, you will reach paradise. 2. Salus Infamorum Health of the weak. Mary is called by St. Simon Stock the medicine of sinners, and by St. Ephraim 
not only medicine, but health itself, robust health for those who have recourse to her. Hence, those who have recourse to Mary not only find in her a remedy, but health itself, and this she herself promises to all who seek her. He that shall find me shall find life, and shall have salvation from the Lord. Neither let us fear that, on account of the bad odor of our wounds, she may refuse to take care of us. She is our mother, and, as a mother does not shrink from dressing the wound of her child, neither does this celestial physician refuse to hear servants who have recourse to her. Wherefore, St. Bernard says, O Mother of God, thou dost not disdain a sinner, however loathsome he may be. If he sends up his sighs to thee, thou wilt deliver him with thine own hand from despair. 3. Refugium Peccatorum Refuge of Sinners Thus is Mary called by St. Germanus. He says, She is the ever-ready refuge of sinners. Yes, of all sinners. For, as the abbot of Celis says, She can despise no sinner, but receives all and welcomes all, the moment they have recourse to her. Hence St. John Damascene affirms that Mary is not only the refuge of the innocent, but also of the wicked who implore her protection. I am a city of refuge to all who fly to me. Therefore St. Bonaventure says to her, Thou embracest with maternal affection a sinner who is even despised by the whole world nor dost thou cease thine embrace until thou hast reconciled him with his judge. By this the saint gives us to understand that a sinner being hated by God is also odious and abominable to all creatures. But if he has recourse to Mary, the refuge of sinners, not only she does not despise him, but embraces him with affection, and does not leave him until her son, Jesus Christ, who is our judge, has forgiven him. Since then, O my lady, thou art the refuge of all sinners, thou art also my refuge. Thou who despisest no one who has recourse to thee, despise me not, who recommend myself to thee. Refuge of sinners, pray for us. O Mary, pray for us and save us. Meditation 9 Consolatrix Afflictorum Comfortress of the Afflicted St. Germanus says, O Mary, who after thy son is as solicitous for the whole human race as thou art? Who protects us in our trials as thou dost? Who, O Mary, watches over our interests as thou dost? Who is solicitous as thou art for us in our afflictions? No, replies St. Oninus, no saint can be found who compassionates us in our miseries as does this most tender lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary. And as the miseries which afflict us the most are disorders of the soul, Blessed Henry Suso calls Mary the most faithful comfortress of sinners. We need only show Mary the wounds of our souls, and she immediately helps us by her prayers and consoles us. Nay, even as Richard of St. Victor writes, her compassion anticipates our wants, and she relieves us before we invoke her. Let us say then with St. Bonaventure, O Mary, console us always, but especially at the hour of our death. Come at that last hour and receive our souls, and present them thyself to thy Son, 
who will judge us. 2. Auxilium Christianorum Help of Christians St. John Damascene calls Mary the prepared and always ready help of Christians, by which they are delivered from dangers. The help of Mary is, as St. Cosmas of Jerusalem writes, all-powerful to deliver us from sin and hell. St. Bernard, addressing Mary, says, Thou art an invincible warrior in defense of thy servants, fighting against the devils who assail them. For this reason she is called an army in the sacred canticles. Thou art terrible as an army set in array. Ah, my queen, had I always had recourse to thee, I should never have been conquered by my enemies. Henceforth thou shalt be my strength in my temptations. I will always have recourse to thee. From thee do I hope for victory. 3. Regina Martyrum Queen of Martyrs With reason is Mary called the Queen of Martyrs, for her martyrdom in the death of her son on the cross exceeded the sufferings of all the martyrs. There stood by the cross of Jesus his mother. Mothers fly from their children when they see them dying and are unable to help them. Mary did not fly, but remained with Jesus until she saw him expire. She stood by the cross, and whilst Jesus was in his agony, she suffered the life of her Son to the Eternal Father for our salvation. But in doing so, she also was in agony, and experienced a torment greater than any death. O oh, my afflicted mother, be graciously pleased, by the merit of the sorrows which thou didst endure at the foot of the cross, to obtain for me true sorrow for my sins, and love for Jesus my Redeemer, and by the sword which transpierced thy heart when thou didst see him bow down his head and expire, I beseech thee to help me at the hour of my death, and then to obtain me eternal salvation, that I may love thee with Jesus thy Son for ever. Part 2. Meditations for the Seven Principal Feasts of the Blessed Virgin 1. The Feast of the Immaculate Conception, December 8th It was indeed becoming that the three divine persons should preserve Mary from original sin. It was becoming that the Father should do so, because Mary was his firstborn daughter. As Jesus was the firstborn of God, the firstborn of every creature, so also was Mary, the destined mother of God, always considered by him as his firstborn daughter by adoption, and therefore he always possessed her by his grace. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his ways. For the honor, therefore, of his Son, it was becoming that the Father should preserve his mother from every stain of sin. It was also becoming that he should do so because he destined this his daughter to crush the head of the infernal serpent who had seduced man, as we read in Genesis, She shall crush thy head. How then could he permit that she should first be the slave of this infernal serpent? Moreover, Mary was also destined to become the advocate of sinners. Therefore it was also becoming that God should preserve her from sin, that she might not appear guilty of the same fault as men for whom she was to intercede. 2. 
it was becoming that the son should have an immaculate mother. He himself chose Mary for his mother. It is impossible to believe that a son who could have a queen for his mother would choose a slave. How then can we imagine that the eternal word, who could have an ever immaculate mother, and one who had always been a friend to God, would have one defiled by sin, and at one time the enemy of God? Moreover, as an ancient author says, the flesh of Christ is the flesh of Mary. The Son of God would have felt horror to have taken flesh of a St. Agnes, a St. Gertrude, or of a St. Teresa, because these holy virgins were defiled by sin before baptism, and therefore the devil could then have reproached him with being clothed with flesh which had been once subject to him. But as Mary was always pure and immaculate, our Lord felt no horror at becoming man in her chaste womb. Besides, St. Thomas says, that Mary was preserved from every actual sin, even venial, for otherwise she would not have been a becoming mother of God. But how much less would she have been so, had she been defiled by original sin, which renders the soul hateful to God? 3. It was becoming the Holy Ghost that this his most beloved spouse should be immaculate. As men who had already fallen into sin were to be redeemed, he willed that this his spouse should be redeemed in a more noble way, that is, by being preserved from falling into sin. And since God preserved the body of Mary after her death, how much more should we believe that he preserved her soul from the corruption of sin? Hence the divine spouse calls her, in the sacred canticles, an enclosed garden, a sealed fountain. For an enemy never entered the blessed soul of Mary. Therefore he praised her, calling her all beautiful, always his friend, and all pure. Thou art all fair, O my love, and there is not a spot in thee. Ah, my most beautiful lady, I rejoice in seeing thee, by thy purity and thy beauty, so dear to God. I thank God for having preserved thee from every stain. My queen, since thou art so loved by the most holy trinity, disdain not to cast thine eyes on my soul, which is so defiled by sin, that, seeing it, thou mayest obtain for me pardon and eternal salvation from God. Behold me and change me. Thou, by thy sweetness, hast drawn so many hearts to thy love. Draw also my heart that henceforward it may love no other than God and thee. Thou well knowest that I have placed all my hopes in thee, my dear mother. Abandon me not. Help me always with thine intercession in life, and especially at the hour of my death. Grant that I may die invoking and loving thee, that I may love thee forever in paradise. We will continue with St. Alphonsus de Liguri's meditation on the Feast of the Purification on the next tape. We now continue with St. Alphonsus de Liguri's meditations for the Feasts of Mary. The Feast of the Purification Presentation of Jesus in the Temple, February 2nd 
when the time had come in which according to the law mary was to be purified in the temple and to present jesus to the eternal father she accompanied by saint joseph directed her steps towards jerusalem joseph took two turtle doves which were to be offered and mary took her beloved infant she took the divine lamb to offer it to god as a token of the great sacrifice which he would one day accomplish on the cross my god i also unite my sacrifice to that of mary i offer thee thy incarnate son and by his merits i beseech thee to grant me thy grace i do not deserve it but jesus sacrificed himself to thee to obtain it for me for the love of jesus then have mercy on me two behold mary entered the temple and in the name of the whole human race made the oblation of her son but especially on this day jesus offered himself to his eternal father behold me o father he said to thee do i consecrate my whole life thou hast sent me into the world to save it accept my blood and my life i offer them without reserve to thee for the salvation of the world unfortunate should i have been my dear redeemer hadst thou not satisfied the divine justice for me i thank thee with my whole heart and i love thee with my whole heart and whom shall i love if i do not love a god who sacrificed his life for me three this sacrifice was more precious in the sight of god than if all men and angels had offered him their lives yes because it was in this offering of jesus alone that the eternal father received infinite honor and an infinite satisfaction jesus christ said one day to blessed angela of foligno i offered myself for thee that thou mightest offer thyself to me yes my jesus since thou hast offered thy life to thy eternal father for me i offer my life and my entire self to thee hitherto with the greatest ingratitude i have despised thee but thou hast promised no more to remember the outrages of a sinner who repents of having offended thee my jesus i grieve for having offended thee and wish that i could die of grief i was dead by sin from thee i hope for life and my life shall be to love thee o infinite good make me love thee i ask for nothing more dispense the riches of this world to those who desire them i desire nothing but the treasure of thy love my jesus thou alone art sufficient for me o queen and my mother mary through thee do i hope for every grace part three the feast of the annunciation march twenty fifth when god was pleased to send his son on earth that by becoming man he might redeem lost man he chose for him a virgin mother who amongst all virgins was the most pure the most holy and the most humble behold whilst mary was in her poor dwelling beseeching god to send the promised redeemer an angel stood before her and saluted her saying hail full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and what was the conduct of this humble virgin when she heard so honorable a salutation she was not elated but was silent and troubled 
considering herself indeed unworthy of such praises. She was troubled at his saying, O Mary, thou art so humble, and I am so filled with pride. Obtain for me holy humility. 2. Think you that these praises caused Mary at least to suspect that she might be the destined mother of the Redeemer? No, they only caused her to conceive a great fear for herself, so much so indeed that the angel had to encourage her. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found grace with God. He then announced to her that she was the chosen mother of the Redeemer of the world. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shalt bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Blessed art thou, O Mary, how dear wast thou to God, and how dear art thou still to him. Have pity on me. 3. And now, O holy virgin, says St. Bernard, why dost thou delay thy consent? The eternal word awaits it to clothe himself with flesh and become thy son. We also await it, who in misery are condemned to eternal death. If thou consentest and acceptest to become his mother, we shall be made free. Quickly, O lady, answer. Delay not the salvation of the world, which depends on thy consent. But let us rejoice, for Mary already hears the angel. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done to me according to thy word. Behold, she says, the slave of the Lord, who is bound to do all that her Lord commands. If he chooses a slave for his mother, it is not she who is to be praised, but the goodness of the Lord alone, who is thus graciously pleased to honor her. O most humble Mary, thou by this thy humility didst so enamor thy God, that thou didst draw him to thee, so as to become thy son and our Redeemer. I know that thy son refuses thee nothing that thou askest him. Ask him to forgive all the offenses that I have committed against him. Ask him to grant me perseverance until death. In fine, recommend my soul to him, for thy recommendations meet with no denial from a son who loves thee so much. O Mary, thou hast to save me. Thou art my hope. Part 4. The Feast of the Visitation, July 2nd. Mary set out from Nazareth to go to the city of Judea, in which St. Elizabeth resided, a distance, according to Brocardus, of upwards of seventy miles, or at least seven days' journey. Her spouse, St. Joseph, alone accompanied her. The holy and tender virgin hastened her steps, as St. Luke tells us. Mary, rising up in those days, went into the hill country with haste. Tell us, O holy lady, why didst thou undertake so long and arduous a journey, and why didst thou so hasten thy steps? I went, she replies, to exercise my office of charity. I went to console a family. Since then, O great Mother of God, thy office is to console and dispense graces to souls. Ah, be graciously pleased also to visit and console my soul. Thy visit sanctified the house of Elizabeth. Come, O Mary, and sanctify me also. 2. 
Behold, the Blessed Virgin already arrived at the house of Elizabeth. She was the mother of God, but yet she was the first to salute Elizabeth. And she entered and saluteth Elizabeth. Elizabeth, enlightened by God, knew that the divine word had become man, that he had become the son of Mary. Therefore she called her blessed amongst women, and blessed the divine fruit which she carried in her room. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. At the same time, filled with confusion and joy, she exclaimed, And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? But what does the humble Mary reply to these words? She says, My soul doth magnify the Lord. As if she had said, Ah, Elizabeth, thou dost praise me, but I praise my God, who hath been graciously pleased to exalt me, who am his poor servant, to the dignity of being his mother. He hath regarded the humility of his handmaid. O most holy Mary, since thou dispensest so many graces to those who ask thee for them, I beseech thee to grant me thy humility. Thou esteemest thyself as nothing before God, but I am worse than nothing, for I am a sinner. Thou canst make me humble. Do so for the love of that God who made thee his mother. 3. But what took place at the first sound of the voice of Mary saluting Elizabeth? When Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. The infant John exulted with joy on account of the divine grace which was then conferred upon him. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, and Zachary, the father of the Baptist, had shortly afterwards the consolation of recovering his speech. It is indeed true, O my queen and mother, that it is through thee that divine graces are dispensed, and through thee that souls are sanctified. Then, my own most dear queen, do not forget me, thy poor servant, for I love thee, and have placed all my hopes in thee. Thy prayers are ever graciously heard by God, who loves thee so much. Hasten, therefore, my mother, pray for me, and make me a saint. Part 5 THE FEAST OF THE ASSUMPTION AUGUST 15TH Mary died, but how did she die? She died entirely detached from all created things. She died consumed by the divine love which during her whole life had always inflamed her most holy heart. O Holy Mother, Thou hast already left the earth. Do not forget us miserable pilgrims who remain in this valley of tears, struggling against so many enemies who wish to drag us to hell. Ah, by the merits of Thy precious death, be graciously pleased to obtain us detachment from earthly things the forgiveness of our sins, love of God, and holy perseverance. And when the hour of death arrives, help us from heaven with thy prayers, and obtain for us that we may kiss thy feet in paradise. 2. Mary died, and her most pure body was carried by the holy apostles and placed in the sepulchre, where it was guarded by angels for three days, after which it was transported to paradise. But her beautiful soul entered the blessed kingdom at the very moment in which she expired, 
accompanied by innumerable angels, and also accompanied by her son himself. When she had entered heaven, she humbly presented herself before God, adored Him, and with immense feeling thanked Him for the many graces which He had bestowed upon her. God embraced her, blessed her, and declared her Queen of the Universe, exalting her above all the angels and saints. But now, if, as the Apostle says, the human mind cannot comprehend the immense glory which God has prepared in heaven for His servants who have loved Him in this world, how great must be the glory which He bestowed on this Most Holy Mother, who on earth loved Him more than all the saints and angels, and loved Him with all her strength, so that when Mary entered heaven, she alone could say to God, O Lord, if on earth I did not love Thee as much as Thou deservest, at least I love Thee as much as I could love Thee. 3. Let us rejoice with Mary at the glory with which God has enriched her. Let us also rejoice for ourselves, for at the same time that Mary was made Queen of the World, she was also made our Advocate. She is so compassionate an advocate that she accepts the causes of all sinners who recommend themselves to her, and she also has so great power with our judge that she gains all causes which she defends. Our Queen and Advocate, our salvation is in thy hands. If thou prayest for us, we shall be saved. Only tell thy Son that thou willest, and we should be with thee in paradise. He refuses thee nothing that thou askest. O Mary, our life, our sweetness, and our hope, pray to Jesus for us. Part 6. The Feast of the Nativity. September 8th. Before the birth of Mary, the world was lost in the darkness of sin. Mary was born, and the dawn arose, says a holy father. Of Mary it had already been said, Who is she that cometh forth as the morning rising? As the earth rejoices when the dawn appears, because it is the precursor of the sun, so also, when Mary was born, the whole world rejoiced, because she was the precursor of Jesus Christ, the Son of Justice, who being made her Son, came to save us by his death. Hence the church sings, Thy nativity, O Virgin Mother of God, announced joy to the whole world. For from thee arose the Son of Justice, who has given us life eternal. So that when Mary was born, our remedy, our consolation, and our salvation came into the world. For through Mary we received our Savior. 2. This child being then destined to become the mother of the eternal word, God enriched her with so great grace that in the first moment of her immaculate conception her sanctity exceeded that of all the saints and angels together, for she received grace of a higher order, one that corresponded to the dignity of mother of God. O holy child, O full of grace, I, a miserable sinner that I am, salute and adore thee. Thou art the beloved one, the delight of God. Pity me, who on account of my sins have been hateful and abominable in his sight. Thou, O most pure virgin, knewest from thy very childhood so well how to gain the heart of God, 
that he never did and never will refuse thee anything, and grants thee all that thou askest. My hopes are therefore in thee. Recommend me to thy son, and I shall be saved. 3. When Mary was destined to be the mother of God, she was also destined to become the mediatress between God and sinners. Hence the angelic St. Thomas says that Mary received sufficient grace to save all men, and therefore St. Bernard calls her a full aqueduct, that of her plentitude we all may partake. O my queen, mediatress of sinners, perform thy office, intercede for me. My sins shall not prevent me from trusting in thee, O great mother of God. No, I trust in thee, and so great is my confidence that were my salvation in my own hands, I could place it in thine. O Mary, receive me under thy protection, for that is all my desire. Part 7. The Feast of the Presentation, November 21st The Holy Mary child had hardly attained the age of three years when she entreated her holy parents to take her to the temple, according to the promise which they had made. The appointed day having arrived, the immaculate young virgin left Nazareth with St. Joachim and St. Anne. A choir of angels also accompanied that holy child, who was destined to become the mother of their Creator. Go, says St. Germanus, go, O blessed Virgin, to the house of the Lord, to await the coming of the Holy Ghost, who will make thee the mother of the Eternal Word. 2. When the Holy Company had reached the temple of Jerusalem, the blessed child turned to her parents, and kneeling, kissed their hands, asked their blessing, and, without looking back, ascended the steps of the temple, and renouncing all earthly things, and all that the world could give her, she offered and consecrated herself without reserve to God. The life of Mary in the temple was thenceforward but one continual exercise of love and offering of her whole self to her Lord. She advanced from hour to hour, nay, even from moment to moment, in all virtues, fortified, it is true, by divine grace, but always exerting herself with her whole strength to correspond to this grace. Mary herself said in a vision to St. Elizabeth of Hungary, Thou thinkest, perhaps, that I obtained grace and virtues without effort. Know that I received no graces from God without great labor, constant prayer, ardent desires, and many tears and mortifications. 3. Thus in the temple the tender Virgin Mary prayed without ceasing, and seeing that the human race was lost and hateful to God, she principally prayed for the coming of the Messiah, and ardently desired to be the servant of the happy Virgin who was to become the mother of God. But, O holy lady, know that on account of thy prayers the Son of God hastens his coming into the world to redeem the world, and moreover, know that thou art that blessed one who art chosen to be the mother of thy Creator. O beloved of God, most holy child, thou prayest for all, pray also for me. Thou didst consecrate thy entire self from thy very childhood to the love of thy God. Obtain that I, during the time that I have yet to be on earth, may live for God alone. On this day, in union with thee, I renounce all creatures, 
and consecrate myself to the love of my Lord. I also offer myself to thee, my queen, to serve thee always. Accept me as thy servant in an especial manner, and obtain me the grace to be always faithful to thee and to thy Son, that I may one day praise thee, to love thee for all eternity in heaven. Acts of Consecration to Mary 1. Dedication of oneself to Mary Most Holy Virgin Mary, Mother of God, I, although most unworthy to be thy servant, yet moved by thy wonderful compassion, and by my desire to serve thee, now choose thee, in presence of my guardian angel, and of the whole celestial court, for my especial lady, advocate, and mother. And I firmly propose always to love and serve thee for the future, and to do whatever I can to induce others to love and serve thee also. I beseech thee, O Mother of God, and my most compassionate and loving Mother, by the blood which thy Son shed for me, to receive me into the number of thy servants, to be thy child and servant for ever. Assist me in all my thoughts, words, and actions, in every moment of my life, so that every step I take and every breath that I draw may be directed to the greater glory of my God. And through thy most powerful intercession, may I never more offend my beloved Jesus, but may I glorify him and love him in this life, and love thee, my most beloved and dear mother, and thus love thee and enjoy thee in heaven for all eternity. Amen. My mother Mary, I recommend my soul to thee, and especially at the hour of my death. 2. Dedication of a Family to Mary Most Blessed Virgin, Immaculate Queen, and our Mother Mary, refuge and consolation of all miserable creatures, prostrate before thy throne with my whole family, I choose thee for my Lady, Mother, and Advocate with God. I dedicate myself with all who belong to me forever to thy service. And beseech thee, O Mother of God, to receive us into the number of thy servants, by taking us all under thy protection, helping us in life, and still more at the hour of our death. O Mother of Mercy, I appoint thee as Lady and Ruler of my whole house, of my relatives, of my interests, and of all my affairs. Disdain not to take charge of them, dispose of all as it pleases thee. Bless me, then, and all my family, and do not permit that any of us should offend thy son. Do thou defend us in temptations, deliver us from dangers, provide for our necessities, counsel us in our doubts, comfort us in our afflictions, assist us in our infirmities, and especially in the sorrows of death. Never allow the devil to glory in having in his chains any of us who are now consecrated to thee, but grant that we may go to heaven to thank Thee, and together with Thee, to praise and love Jesus our Redeemer for all eternity. Amen. Thus may it be. Prayers to Mary for Every Day in the Week These prayers, written before the glories of Mary, were printed with the visits to the Blessed Sacrament in the year 1745, and inserted later in an abridged form in the Rule of Life, Chapter 2 The Sovereign Pontiff, Pius the Seventh, by a rescript, June 21, 1808, 
granted an indulgence of three hundred days, once a day, to all the faithful who, with at least contrite heart and devotion, shall say on the days assigned, together with the Hail Mary three times, these prayers, to make some reparation for the many blasphemies uttered against her, not only by unbelievers, but also by bad Christians. A plenary indulgence once a month to all who, having said these prayers every day for a month, as directed above, if being truly penitent, after confession and communion, they pray to God for Holy Church. These indulgences, both plenary and partial, were confirmed forever by His Holiness Pope Pius the Ninth, by a rescript, June eighteenth, eighteen seventy-six. Editor's note. Prayers to Mary for every day in the week. Sunday, to obtain the forgiveness of our sins. Behold, O Mother of God, at thy feet a miserable sinner, a slave of hell, who has recourse to thee and trusts in thee. I do not deserve that thou shouldst even look at me, but I know that thou, having seen thy Son die for the salvation of sinners, hast the greatest desire to help them. I hear all call thee the refuge of sinners, the hope of those who are in despair, and the help of the abandoned. Thou art then my refuge, my hope, and my help. Thou hast to save me by thy intercessions. Help me for the love of Jesus Christ. Extend thy hand to a miserable creature who has fallen, and recommends himself to thee. I know that thy pleasure is to help a sinner to thy utmost. Help me, therefore, now that thou canst do so. By my sins I have lost divine grace, and with it my soul. I now place myself into thy hands. Tell me what I must do to recover the favor of my Lord, and I will immediately do it. He sends me to thee, that thou mayest help me, and he wills that I should have recourse to thy mercy, that not only the merits of thy Son, but also that thy intercession may help me to save my soul. To thee, then, I have recourse. Do thou, who prayest for so many others, pray also to Jesus for me. Ask him to pardon me, and he will forgive me. Tell him that thou desirest my salvation, and he will save me. Show how thou canst enrich those who trust in thee. Amen. Thus I hope, thus may it be. Monday, to obtain holy perseverance. O Queen of Heaven, I, who was once a miserable slave of Lucifer, now dedicate myself to thee, to be thy servant for ever. I offer myself to honor thee, and serve thee during my whole life. Do thou accept me, and refuse me not, as I should deserve. O my mother, in thee have I placed all my hopes. From thee do I expect every grace. I bless and thank God, who in his mercy has given me this confidence in thee, which I consider a pledge of my salvation. Alas, miserable wretch that I am, I have hitherto fallen, because I have not had recourse to thee. I now hope that, through the merits of Jesus Christ and thy prayers, I have obtained pardon. But I may again lose divine grace. The danger is not past. My enemies do not sleep. How many new temptations have I still to conquer? Ah, my most sweet lady, protect me, and permit me not again to become their slave. Help me at all times. I know that thou wilt help me, and that with thy help I shall conquer, if I recommend myself to thee. 
but this is what I fear. I fear that in time of danger I may neglect to call upon thee, and thus be lost. I ask thee, then, for this grace. Obtain that, in the assaults of hell, I may always have recourse to thee, saying, Mary, help me. My mother, permit me not to lose my God. Tuesday, to obtain a good death. O Mary, how shall I die? Even now that I think of my sins, and of that decisive moment on which my salvation or eternal damnation depends, of that moment in which I must expire and be judged, I tremble and am confounded. O my most sweet mother, my hopes are in the blood of Jesus Christ and in thy intercession. O comfortress of the afflicted, do not then abandon me. Cease not to console me in that moment of so great affliction. If I am now so tormented by remorse for sins committed, the uncertainty of pardon, the danger of relapse, and the rigor of divine justice, what will become of me then? Unless thou helpest me, I shall be lost. Ah, my lady, before death obtain me great sorrow for my sins, thorough amendment, and fidelity to God during the remainder of my life. And when my last moment arrives, O Mary, my hope, Help me in the great distress in which I shall then be. Encourage me that I may not despair at the sight of my sins, which the devil will place before me. Obtain that I may then invoke thee more frequently, so that I may expire with thy most sweet name and that of thy beloved Son on my lips. Nay more, my lady, but forgive my boldness. Before I expire, do thou come thyself and comfort me with thy presence. Thou hast granted this favor to so many of thy devout servants. I also desire and hope it. I am a sinner, it is true. I do not deserve so great a favor. But I am thy servant. I love thee and have full confidence in thee. O Mary, I shall expect thee. Do not disappoint me of this consolation. At least, if I am not worthy of so great a favor, do thou help me from heaven that I may leave this life loving God and thee, to love thee eternally in paradise. Wednesday, to obtain deliverance from hell. Besides the indulgences mentioned above, the same pontiff, Pius VII, by a decree, May 15, 1821, granted an indulgence of three hundred days, once a day, to those who, with at least contrite heart and devotion, shall say this prayer, together with the Salve Regina, three times. Moreover, a plenary indulgence once a month to all who practice this devotion every day for a month, on any day when, being truly penitent, after confession and communion, they pray for some time for the intention of His Holiness. These indulgences are also applicable to the souls in purgatory. My most beloved lady, I thank thee for having delivered me from hell as many times as I have deserved it by my sins. Miserable creature that I was, I was once condemned to that prison, and perhaps already, after the first sin, the sentence would have been put into execution, if thou, in thy compassion, hadst not helped me. Thou, without even being asked by me, and only in thy goodness, didst restrain divine justice, and then, conquering my obduracy, thou didst draw me to have confidence in thee. Oh, into how many other sins should I have afterwards fallen, in the dangers in which I have been, 
hadst not thou, my loving mother, preserved me by the graces which thou didst obtain for me. Ah, my queen, continue to guard me from hell. For what will thy mercy, and the favors which thou hast shown me, avail me if I am lost? If I did not always love thee, now at least, after God, I love thee above all things. Never allow me to turn my back on thee and on God, who, by thy means, has granted me so many graces. My most amiable lady, never allow me to have the misfortune to hate thee and curse thee for all eternity in hell. Wilt thou endure to see a servant of thine who loves thee lost? O oh, Mary, what sayest thou? I shall be lost if I abandon thee. But who can ever more have the heart to leave thee? How can I ever forget the love thou hast borne me? My lady, since thou hast done so much to save me, complete the work, continue the aid. Wilt thou help me? But what do I say? If at a time when I lived forgetful of thee thou didst favor me so much, how much more may I not hope for now that I love thee and recommend myself to thee? No, he can never be lost who recommends himself to thee. He alone is lost who has not recourse to thee. I, my mother, leave me not in my own hands, for I should then be lost. Grant that I may always have recourse to thee. Save me, my hope, save me from hell. But in the first place, save me from sin, which alone can condemn me to it. Thursday, to obtain heaven. O Queen of Paradise, who reignest above all the choirs of angels, and who art the nearest of all creatures to God, I, a miserable sinner, salute thee from this valley of tears, and beseech thee to turn thy compassionate eyes towards me, for whichever side they turn, they dispense graces. See, O Mary, in how many dangers I now am, and shall be as long as I live in this world, of losing my soul, of losing heaven and God. In thee, O Lady, I have placed all my hopes. I love thee, and sigh to go soon to see thee, and praise thee in heaven. Ah, Mary, when will be that happy day on which I shall see myself safe at thy feet, and contemplate my mother, who has done so much for my salvation? When shall I kiss that hand which has delivered me so many times from hell, and has dispensed me so many graces? when, on account of my sins, I deserve to be hated and abandoned by all. My lady, in life I have been very ungrateful to thee, but if I reach heaven, I shall no longer be ungrateful. There I shall love thee as much as I can in every moment for all eternity, and shall make amends for my ingratitude by blessings and thanking thee for ever. I thank God with my whole heart, who gives me firm confidence in the blood of Jesus Christ and in thee, and in the conviction that thou wilt save me, that thou wilt deliver me from my sins, that thou wilt give me light and strength to execute the divine will, and in fine that thou wilt lead me to the gate of paradise. Thy servants have hoped for all this, and not one of them was deceived. No, neither shall I be deceived. O Mary, my full confidence is that thou hast to save me. I beseech thy son Jesus, as I also beseech him, by the merits of his passion, to preserve and always increase this confidence in me, and I shall be saved. Friday To obtain love towards her and Jesus Christ O Mary, 
I already know that thou art the most noble, the most sublime, the most pure, the most beautiful, and the most benign, the most holy, in a word, the most amiable of all creatures. O oh, that all knew thee, my lady, and loved thee as thou dost merit! But I am consoled when I remember that in heaven and on earth there are so many happy souls who live enamored of thy goodness and beauty. Above all, I rejoice that God himself loves thee alone more than he loves all men and angels together. My most amiable queen, I, a miserable sinner, love thee also. But I love thee too little. I desire a greater and more tender love towards thee. And this thou must obtain for me, since to love thee is a great mark of predestination, and a grace which God only grants to those whom he will save. I see also, my mother, that I am indeed under great obligations to thy son. I see that he merits infinite love. Thou, who desirest nothing else but to see him loved, hast to obtain me this grace above all others. Obtain me great love for Jesus Christ. Thou obtainest all that thou willest from God. Ah, then, be graciously pleased to obtain me the grace to be so united to the divine will that I may never more be separated from it. I do not ask thee of earthly goods, honors, or riches. I ask thee for that which thy heart desires most for me. I wish to love my God. Is it possible that thou refusest to second this my desire, which is so pleasing to thee? Ah, no, thou already helpest me. Already thou prayest for me. Pray, pray, and cease not to pray until thou seest me safe in heaven, beyond the possibility of evermore losing my Lord, and certain to love him forever, together with thee, my dearest mother. SATURDAY TO OBTAIN HER PATRONAGE O oh, my most holy mother, I see the graces which thou hast obtained for me, and I see the ingratitude of which I have been guilty towards thee. An ungrateful soul is no longer worthy of favors. But I will not on this account distrust thy mercy, which is greater than my ingratitude. O my great advocate, pity me. Thou dispensest all the graces which God grants to us miserable creatures, and for this purpose he has made thee so powerful, so rich, and so benign. He has done so that thou might succor us in our miseries. Ah, mother of mercy! Leave me not in my poverty. Thou art the advocate of the most miserable and guilty criminals who have recourse to thee. Defend me also who recommend myself to thee. Say not that my cause is too difficult to be granted, for all causes, however desperate, when defended by thee, are gained. In thy hands, then, do I place my eternal salvation. To thee do I trust my soul. It was lost. Thou then, by thy intercession, hast to save it. I wish to be inscribed amongst thy most devoted servants. Reject me not. Thou seekest the miserable to relieve them. Abandon me not, who am a wretched sinner, and who have recourse to thee. Speak for me. Thy son does all that thou askest him. Take me under thy protection. That is all that I ask. Yes, for if thou protectest me, I fear nothing. I do not fear my sins, for thou wilt obtain me a remedy for the evil they have done me. I do not fear the devils, for thou art more powerful than all hell. I do not even fear Jesus my judge himself, for by a single prayer of thine he is appeased. 
I only fear that by negligence I may cease to recommend myself to thee, and thus be lost. It is true that these graces are too great for me, who have not deserved them, but they are not too great for thee, who art so much loved by God. Hence he grants thee all that thou askest. Thou hast only to speak, and he denies thee nothing. Pray then to Jesus for me. Tell him that thou protectest me, and then he is sure to pity me. My mother, in thee too do I trust. In this hope I shall live in peace, and in it I wish to die. Live, Jesus, our love, and Mary, our hope. We will continue with other practices of devotions and various prayers on the next side of the tape. The Little Rosary in Honor of the Seven Dollars of Mary Incline unto my aid, O God, O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. My mother, share thy grief with me, and let me bear thee company to mourn thy Jesus' death with thee. The First Sorrow I pity thee, O afflicted mother, on account of the first sword of sorrow that pierced thee, when in the temple all the outrages which men would inflict on thy beloved Jesus were presented before thee by St. Simeon, and which thou already knewest by the sacred scriptures, outrages which were to cause him to die before thine eyes on that infamous cross, exhausted of his blood, abandoned by all, and thyself unable to defend or help him. By that bitter knowledge, then, which for so many years afflicted thy heart, I beseech thee, my queen, to obtain me the grace that during my life and at my death I may ever keep the passion of Jesus and thy sorrows impressed on my heart. Our Father once, Hail Mary seven times, and the strophe are repeated after each dolor. The Second Sorrow I pity thee, my afflicted mother, for the second sword which pierced thee, when, soon after his birth, thou didst behold thy innocent son threatened with death by those very men for whose salvation he had come into the world, so that in the darkness of night thou wast obliged to fly secretly with him into Egypt. By the many hardships, then, which thou, a delicate young woman, in company with an exiled child, didst endure in so long and fatiguing a journey through rough and desert countries, and during thy residence in Egypt, where, being unknown and a stranger, thou didst live for so many years in poverty and contempt, I beseech thee, my beloved lady, to obtain for me grace to suffer with patience until death, in thy company, the trials of this miserable life, that I may thus in the next escape the eternal punishments of hell which I have deserved. Our Father, etc. The Third Sorrow I pity thee, my sorrowful mother, on account of the third sword which pierced thee in the loss of thy dear son Jesus, who remained absent from thee in Jerusalem for three days, no longer seeing thy beloved by thy side, and not knowing the cause of his absence, I can well imagine, my loving queen, that during those nights thou didst not repose, and didst only sigh for him, who was all thy treasure. By the sighs, then, of those three days, 
for thee too long and bitter, I beseech thee to obtain me the grace that I may never lose my God, that so always clinging to him I may leave the world united to him. Our Father, etc. The Fourth Sorrow I pity thee, my sorrowful mother, for the fourth sword which pierced thee, in seeing thy son condemned to death, bound with cords and chains, covered with blood and wounds, crowned with a wreath of thorns, falling under the weight of a heavy cross which he carried on his wounded shoulders, going as an innocent lamb to die for love of us. Thine eyes met his, and his met thine, and your glances were as so many cruel arrows which wounded your loving hearts. By this great sorrow, then, I beseech thee to obtain me the grace to live in all things resigned to the will of my God, and to carry my cross cheerfully in company with Jesus until my last breath. Our Father, etc. THE FIFTH SORROW I pity thee, my afflicted mother, for the fifth sword which pierced thee, when on Mount Calvary thou didst behold thy beloved son Jesus slowly dying before thy eyes, amid so many torments and insults, on that hard bed of the cross, where thou couldst not administer him even the least of those comforts that are granted to the greatest criminals at the hour of death. I beseech thee, by the agony which thou, my most loving mother, didst endure together with thy dying son, and by the sadness which thou didst feel, when for the last time he spoke to thee from the cross and bade thee farewell, and left all of us in the person of St. John to thee as thy children. But that constancy with which thou didst then see him bow down his head and expire, I beseech thee to obtain me the grace from thy crucified love to live and die crucified to all earthly things, that I may spend my life for God alone, and thus one day enter paradise to enjoy him face to face. Our Father, etc. THE SIXTH SORROW I pity thee, my afflicted mother, for the sixth sword which pierced thee, when thou didst see the sweet heart of thy son pierced through and through. He was already dead, and had died for those ungrateful creatures, who even after his death were not satisfied with the torments they had inflicted upon him. By this cruel sorrow, then, which was all thine, I beseech thee to obtain me the grace to dwell in the heart of Jesus, wounded and opened for me. In that heart, I say, which is the beautiful abode of love, in which all souls who love God repose, and that, living there, I may never think of or love anything but God. Most sacred virgin, thou canst obtain this for me. From thee do I hope for it. Our Father, etc. The Seventh Sorrow I pity thee, my afflicted mother, for the seventh sword which pierced thee on seeing thy son in thy arms already dead, no longer fair and beautiful as thou didst receive him in the stable at Bethlehem, but covered with blood, livid and all lacerated with wounds, so that even his bones were seen. Thou didst then say, My son, my son, to what has love reduced thee? And when he was born to the sepulchre, thou wouldst thyself accompany him, and place him with thy own hands in the tomb. And bidding him the last farewell, thou didst leave thy loving heart buried with thy son. By this martyrdom of thy beautiful soul, 
Do thou obtain me, O mother of fair love, the forgiveness of the offenses which I have committed against my beloved God, and of which I repent with my whole heart. Do thou defend me in temptations, do thou assist me at the moment of my death, that saving my soul through the merits of Jesus in thine, I may one day, after this miserable exile, go to paradise to sing the praises of Jesus and of thee for all eternity. Amen. Our Father, etc. Pray for us, O most sorrowful Virgin, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. O God, at whose passion, according to the prophecy of Simeon, a sword of sorrow didst pierce through the most sweet soul of the glorious Virgin and Mother Mary, grant that we, who commemorate and reverence her dolors, may experience the blessed effect of thy passion, who livest and reignest, world without end. Amen. Benedict the Thirteenth granted two hundred days' indulgence for every Our Father and every Hail Mary to those who recite the little rosary of the seven dollars in the churches of the Servites of Mary. He also granted the same favor to all who recite it in any place whatever on Fridays or any time during Lent. To those who recite it on other days he granted one hundred days for every Our Father and Hail Mary. To those who recite it entire, seven years and seven quarantines. A plenary indulgence once a month under the usual conditions. This chaplet is divided in seven parts, each being composed of an Our Father and seven Hail Marys in honor of the seven principal sorrows of Mary, the Mother of God. To gain the indulgences that are attached to it and that have been largely increased by Clement the Twelfth, it should have been duly blessed for this purpose, and whilst reciting it, one must reflect on the sorrows of the Blessed Virgin according to one's capacity, and add at the end the Hail Mary three times in honor of the tears that she shed during these sorrows. The seven parts may be said separately, provided they are said in one day. THE LITTLE ROSARY OF MARY IMMACULATE This little chaplet of the Immaculate Conception, to which Pope Pius IX attached indulgences in 1855, is composed of fifteen beads that are divided into three parts, and is recited in the following manner. We first make the sign of the cross, and then add, for each part, the ejaculatory prayer, Blessed be the holy and immaculate conception of the most blessed Virgin Mary, one Our Father, four Hail Marys, and one Glory Be. An indulgence of three hundred days is granted if one recites it with at least a contrite heart, and if one recites it every day, a plenary indulgence each month, on condition that one confesses and receives Holy Communion. These indulgences are applicable to the souls in purgatory. No beads are necessary, nor need they be blessed. The Little Rosary of Mary Immaculate in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Incline unto my aid, O God. O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. After this, and our Father is recited, in honor of the Eternal Father, and in thanksgiving for all the graces bestowed on Mary, and is followed by four Hail Marys, the same is repeated in honor of the Son, and again in honor of the Holy Ghost. After each Hail Mary are added these words, 
May the Immaculate Conception of Mary be ever praised. After each fourth Hail Mary is recited the following verse. As mid the thorns the lily fair art thou, virgin immaculate, from sin preserved by him whose care did thee his mother blessed create. We conclude with the following verse in prayer. The Holy Virgin Mary conceived without sin. The Virgin's foot hath bruised the serpent's head. Let us pray. O God, who didst cause that a virgin should be conceived without sin, to the end that she might be made a meet dwelling place for thy dear Son. O God, who through the precious death of the same thy Son, foreseen by thee, didst keep her clean from all strain. Hear us, we beseech thee, and grant that by her prayers we also, who are presently defiled, may finally be made pure, and so with her attain unto thee. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. The Little Chaplet of the Blessed Trinity In Honor of the Blessed Virgin The Blessed Virgin revealed to a devout soul that she was much pleased at being honored by her servants with the following devotion. I render thee thanks, O Eternal Father, for the power that thou hast given to Mary thy daughter. Our Father, hail Mary, glory be to the Father, etc. I render thee thanks, O Eternal Son, for the wisdom that thou hast given to Mary thy mother. Our Father, hail Mary, glory be to the Father, etc. I render thee thanks, O Eternal Spirit, for the love that thou hast given to Mary thy spouse. Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory be to the Father, etc. Various Prayers to Mary 1. Prayer to Obtain a Good Death O Mary, sweet refuge of poor sinners, and my tender mother, when my soul must depart from this world, by the grief that thou didst experience in being present at the death of thy divine Son on the cross, I beseech thee to assist me with thy mercy. Banish from me the infernal enemies, and come then to take my soul and present it to the eternal judge. My queen, do not abandon me. It is thou who, after Jesus, must be my help at that dreadful moment. Ask thy son that in his goodness he may grant me the grace to die while embracing thy feet, and to breathe forth my soul into his sacred wounds while saying, Jesus and Mary, I give you my heart and my soul. 2. Abbreviated Prayer of St. Ephraim O Immaculate and Holy Pure Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the World, Hope of those who are in despair, Thou art the joy of saints, Thou art the peacemaker between sinners and God, Thou art the advocate of the abandoned, The secure haven of those who are on the sea of the world, Thou art the consolation of the world, the ransom of slaves, the comfortress of the afflicted, the salvation of the universe. O great Queen, we take refuge in Thy protection. We have no confidence but in Thee, O most faithful Virgin. After God, Thou art all my hope. We bear the name of Thy servants. Allow not the enemy to drag us to hell. I salute Thee, O great Mediatress of peace between men and God. Mother of Jesus our Lord, who is the love of all men and of God, to whom be honor and benediction with the Father and the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
3. Prayer of St. Bernard To thee we cry, O Queen of Mercy, return, that we may behold thee dispensing favors, bestowing remedies, giving strength. Show us thy compassionate looks, and we shall be saved. O Sovereign, Lady of all things, Saint of saints, our strength and refuge, God, as it were, of the world, glory of heaven, accept those who love thee. Hear us, for thy Son honors thee, and denies thee nothing. Ah, tender mother, tell thy all-powerful Son that we have no more wine. We are thirsty after the wine of his love, of that marvelous wine that fills souls with a holy inebriation, inflames them, and gives them the strength to despise the things of this world, and to seek with ardor heavenly goods. Thou art, O Mary, a field filled with treasures. Thou art full of virtues, full of graces. Thou didst appear on the earth as a shining and silver-gilt aurora. Exempt from every original stain, thou didst appear from the first instant endowed with the perfect use of reason, and all inflamed with divine love. No, the enemy of salvation was never able to hurt thee, finding thee always surrounded by impenetrable bucklers, and fortified with all the arms that he feared. Thou alone didst possess all the perfections and all the merits of all the saints united. Run hasten, O lady, and in thy mercy help thy sinful servant who calls upon thee, and deliver him from the hands of the enemy. Who will not sigh to thee? We sigh with love and grief, for we are oppressed on every side. How can we do otherwise than sigh to thee, O solace of the miserable, refuge of outcasts, ransom of captives? We are certain that when thou seest our miseries, thy compassion will hasten to relieve us. O our Sovereign Lady and our Advocate, commend us to thy Son. Grant, O Blessed One, by the grace which thou hast merited, that he who through thee was graciously pleased to become a partaker of our infirmity and misery, may also, through thy intercession, make us partakers of his happiness and glory. 4. Prayer of the Venerable Louis Blosius Hail Mary, hope of those who are in despair, help of the destitute. Hail, thou whom thy Son so greatly honors, that whatsoever thou askest, thou dost at once obtain. Whatever thou willest is at once done. To thee are the treasures of the kingdom of heaven entrusted. Grant, O lady, that amid the storms of this life I may always remember thee. To thy charitable mercy I commend my soul and body. O my sweet protectress, direct and protect me in every hour, in every moment of my life. Amen. Hail, most benign Mother of Mercy, hail our Comfortress, Mary, the desire of our hearts. Who is there that loves thee not? Thou art our light in doubts, our comfort in sorrows, our relief in distress, our refuge in dangers and temptations. Thou, after thy only begotten Son, art our certain salvation. Blessed are those who love thee, O Lady. Incline, I beseech thee, the ears of thy compassion to the prayers of this thy servant, a miserable sinner, and dispel the darkness of my vices by the rays of thy sanctity, 
that I may please thee. 5. Ejaculatory Prayers Mother of God, remember me. O Virgin and Mother, grant that I may always remember thee. Holy Virgin Mary, Mother of God, pray to Jesus for me. O Lady, grant that Jesus may never cast me off. O Mary, may my heart never cease to love thee, and my tongue never cease to praise thee. O Lady, by the love which thou bearest to Jesus, help me to love him. O Mary, be graciously pleased to make me thy servant. O Mary, I give myself to thee without reserve. Do thou accept and preserve me. O Mary, abandon me not until death. Hail Mary, my mother. Holy Mary, my advocate, pray for me. In thee, from my whole heart, I have placed my hope. It is not possible, O Lady, that thou shouldst abandon him who has placed his hopes in thee. Thou hast only to will our salvation, and then it is not impossible that we should not obtain it. Hail, Daughter of God the Father! Hail, Mother of God the Son! Hail, Spouse of God the Holy Ghost! Hail, Temple of the Holy Trinity! Thy name of Mary to my ear, O Mother Mary, sounds more sweet than sweetest melody. It brings such peace and joy so dear, that I would ever more repeat a word so sweet to me. O Virgin fair, what loveliness is thine! Mother divine, such beauty rare enslaves this heart of mine. Deo gratias et Maria. Thanks be to God and to Mary. May all things be to the eternal glory of the Most Holy Trinity and of Immaculate Mary. Live always, Jesus our love and Mary our hope, with St. Joseph and St. Teresa our advocates. Acclamations in Praise of Mary O Most Sacred Virgin Mary, O Queen of Angels, how beautiful, accomplished, and perfect has heaven made thee! O oh, that I could appear to God as thou appearest to me! Thou art so beautiful and gracious that with thy beauty thou ravishest hearts. When thou art seen, everything appears deformed, all beauty is eclipsed, every grace is lost sight of as the stars disappear at the rising of the sun. When thy tenderly devoted servant, St. John Damascene, contemplated thee, and when he saw that thou wast so beautiful, it seemed to him that thou hadst taken the flower, and that which was best in every creature, and therefore he called thee the loveliness of nature, the grace and comeliness of every creature. St. Augustine, the bright light of doctors, contemplated thee, and thou didst appear to him so fair and beautiful that he called thee the countenance of God, and it did not seem to him adulation. Thy devout son Albert the Great contemplated thee, and to him it seemed that all the graces and gifts that were in the most celebrated women of the old dispensation were all in a much higher degree in thee, the golden mouth of Sarah, which, smiling, rejoices heaven and earth, the sweet and tender look of the faithful Leah, with which thou didst soften the heart of God, hardened against sinners, 
the splendor of countenance of the beautiful Rachel, for with thy beauty thou dost eclipse the sun, the grace and demeanor of the discreet Abigail, by which thou didst appease an angry God, the vivacity and strength of the Ju valiant Judith, for by thy power and thy grace thou dost subdue the most ferocious hearts. In fine, O sovereign princess, from the immense ocean of thy beauty, the beauty and grace of all creatures flowed forth as rivers. The sea learnt to curl its waves, and to wave its crystal waters from the golden hair which gracefully floated over thy shoulders and ivory neck. The crystal fountains in their transparent depth learn their tranquil and steady flow from the serenity of thy beautiful brow and placid countenance. The lovely rainbow, when in full beauty, learnt with studious care its graceful bend from thy eyebrows, thus better to send forth its rays of light. The morning star itself, and the sweet star at night, are sparks from thy beautiful eyes. The white lilies and ruby roses stole their colors from thy lovely cheeks. Envious purple and coral sigh for the color of thy lips. The most delicious milk and sweetest honey are distillations from the sweet honeycomb of thy mouth. The scented jasmine and fragrant damask rose stole their perfume from thy breath. The loftiest cedar and the most erect, the fairest cypress, were happy when they beheld their image in thy erect and lofty neck. The palm tree, emulous and jealous, likened itself to thy noble stature. In fine, O lady, every created beauty is a shadow and trace of thy beauty. And thus I wonder not, O sovereign princess, that heaven and earth place themselves under thy feet, for such are they, and thou art so great, that to be only under thy feet enriches them, and they esteem themselves happy and blessed in kissing them. Thus did the moon rejoice when the evangelist St. John saw her under thy feet, and the sun increased in splendor when it clothed thee with its rays of light. The evangelist, blinded by the brilliancy of thy light, was lost in wonder and ravished out of himself at the sight of so stupendous a miracle of beauty, in which the beauty of heaven and earth was concentrated, and he said, There appeared a great sign in heaven. A great miracle appeared in the heavens, a miracle which filled the angels with astonishment and caused the earth to tremble. That miracle was a woman clothed from head to foot in light and splendor. The resplendent sun itself chose her for his mother and placed himself in her womb. The fair moon covers her feet as sandals edged with silver. A multitude of stars crown her brow and, emulating one with another, bind her locks together and form upon her head a diadem of precious gems, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. Thus, O most sacred virgin, the saints, considering thee in the midst of such splendor more beautiful than the sun, and more fair than the moon, which are the ornament and concentration of all her beauty, and considering the acclamations of joy which attend thee in heaven, can never cease their astonishment at thy beauty, and can only exclaim and burst forth in acclamations of wonder and astonishment. St. Peter Damien exclaims in his admiration, O holy and most holy of all saints, richest treasure of all sanctity. St. Bernard, 
O admirable virgin, O woman, honor of all women, the best, the greatest that the world had ever possessed. St. Epiphanius said, O heaven, greater and vaster than the heavens themselves, O virgin, truly full of grace. And the Catholic Church, in the name of all, exclaims, O most clement, most pious, and most sweet Virgin Mary. And I also, O heavenly princess, with thy permission, although I am the least of thy servants, will also make my acclamations of wonder and astonishment. O gracious and beautiful heaven, more vast than the heavens themselves, for they cannot contain God, who is immense, but he concealed himself in thy womb. O richest of all treasures, in which was deposited the treasure of our redemption, O mother of sinners, under whose mantle we are defended, O consolation of the world, in which all who are afflicted, infirm, and disconsolate find consolation, O beautiful eyes which steal hearts, O coral lips which imprison souls, O generous hands filled with lilies, and which always distribute graces, O pure creature who appearest a god, and whom I should have taken for a god, had not faith taught me that thou art not so, although thou hast a splendor, and I know not what of divine sovereignty. O great lady, empress of heaven, enjoy for a thousand eternities the greatness of thy state, the immensity of thy greatness, and the happiness of thy glory. We only beseech thee, O compassionate mother, not to forget us, who glory in being thy servants and children. And since in thee are deposited all graces, and the best and most privileged of all created things, grant, O lady, that we, thy devout children, may be favored more beyond comparison than are all other men on earth. The whole world should know that the dear children of Mary are the best of heaven and earth. They are the spoilt children, who enjoy all the choicest possessions of their mother. They are the beloved Benjamins, who, being caressed in the bosom of the Queen of Heaven, are doubly favored and doubly caressed by the majesty of God. This I hope, O most beautiful Rachel, and this I am confident that thou wilt do, O sovereign princess. In the name of what thou art, do it, for all heaven prostrate at thy feet beseeches thee, and with importunity asks it of thee. Say only yes, pronounce only a loving consent, be it done, be it done, fiat, fiat. O men, of what are you thinking? How can you love earthly, deceitful, and lying creatures, which betray you and cause you to lose your souls, your bodies, paradise, and God? And why do you not love the most loving, the most amiable, the most faithful Mary, who, after having enriched you with consolations and graces in this life, will obtain you from her divine beloved Son the eternal glory of paradise? O Mary, Mary more beautiful than all creatures, lovely after Jesus above all loves, more dear than all created things, gracious above every grace, Pity this miserable heart of mine, miserable because it does not love thee, and it ought to love thee. Thou canst inflame it with thy holy love. Turn, O Mary, thy loving eyes upon me. Look at me, and draw me to thee, and grant that after God I may love no other but thee, most gracious, most amiable Mary, mother of Jesus, and my mother.
Hymns A Soul, the Lover of Mary I am the lover of a queen, Whose heart so sweet and kind doth prove That seeing one who seeks her love, She scouts him not though poor and mean. She sits a queen with heavenly grace, But from her throne her gentle eyes Look down on him who humbly sighs To see the beauty of her face. This virgin is so pure that she Was chosen by the eternal word, The spouse, the mother of our Lord, And she has stolen my heart from me. Oh, could I but behold one day All hearts with love of her inflamed, And hear her sweetness name proclaimed By every tongue in joyful lay. Then in sweet harmony should flow In every land through endless days, Praise be to Mary, ceaseless praise, and praise to God who loved her so. Let him who wills seek other love, if earthly beauty can rejoice his soul. She only is my choice, whose beauty ravished God above. Then, Mary, stretch thy hand to me, sweet loving robber, seize thy prey. Take from my breast this heart away, which sighs and languishes for thee. That fire of love into it pour, With which thou ceasest not to burn, That my poor heart, like thine, may yearn, With love of Jesus evermore. O Mother Mary, Thou art clement, thou art chaste, Mary, thou art fair, Of all mothers, sweetest, best, None with thee compare. O Mother blessed, whom God bestows On sinners and on just, what joy, what hope thou givest those who in thy mercy trust! O heavenly mother, mistress sweet, it never yet was told that suppliant sinner left thy feet unpitied, unconsoled. O mother, pitiful and mild, cease not to pray for me, for I do love thee as a child and sigh for love of thee. Most powerful mother, all men know, thy son denies thee not. Thou askest, wishest it, and lo, his power thy will has brought. Mother of love, for me obtain, ungrateful though I be, to love that God who first could deign to show such love to me. Thou art clement, thou art chaste, Mary, thou art fair, of all mothers, sweetest, best, none with thee compare. Invocation of Mary in Time of Temptations Haste, my mother, run to help me. Mother, haste, do not delay. See from hell the envious serpent comes my trembling soul to slay. Ah, his very look affrights me, and his cruel rage I fear. Whither fly if he attacks me? See him, see him coming near. Lo, I faint away with terror, for if yet thou dost delay, he will dart at me his venom. Then, alas, I am his prey. Cries and tears have not availed me, Spite of all I see him there. Saints I call till I am weary, Still he stands with threatening air. Now his mighty jaws are open, And his forked tongue I see. Ah, he coils to spring upon me, Mother, hasten, make him flee. Mary, yes, the name of Mary, Strikes with dread my cruel foe. Straight he flees as from the sunbeam, Swiftly melts the winter's snow. Now he's gone, but do thou ever Stay beside me, mother dear, Then the hellish fiend to tempt me Never more will venture near. 
Aspirations to Mary Knowest thou, sweet Mary, whereto I aspire? Tis my hope to love thee, this is my desire. I would e'er be near thee, queen most fair and sweet. Do not, do not drive me from my mother's feet. Then, O rose most lovely, let me hear from thee, loving mother, tell me what thou wilt of me. More I cannot offer, lo, I bring my heart. Lovingly I give it, ne'er from thee to part. Lady, thou didst take it, tis no longer mine. Long since thou didst love it, and its love was thine. Do not then forsake me, mother of sweet love, till one day thou see me safe in heaven above. Thus we conclude The Glories of Mary by St. Alphonsus de Liguri. We trust and pray these tapes have been very helpful, encouraging, and enlightening. A very considerable amount of time, effort, and expense has been put forth to produce these tapes for our instruction. Did you know Pope Benedict the Fifteenth teaches in Humani Generis Redemptionem, Ignorance is the mother of all errors, as the Fourth Lateran Council so truthfully observes. St. Thomas wrote in the Summa, Wherefore, through negligence, ignorance of what one is bound to know is a sin. We are all bound to know what the commandments forbid and oblige us to do, what the Catholic Church teaches, and what we must do to obtain eternal salvation. Let none of us be negligent in learning, knowing, and applying this knowledge. St. Dennis said, There is no greater work you can do than be an instrument in God's hands to help save souls. St. James wrote, He must know that he who causeth a sinner to be converted from the error of his ways shall save his soul from death and shall cover a multitude of sins. Thank you for your kindness, benevolence, and good will in obtaining tapes from Holy Family Recordings, which will certainly assist, support, and help us in this important matter. Obtain copies of this tape and many others from your religious supply store, or order direct from Patrick Henry, 7067 South Tumbleweed Drive, Safford, Arizona, 85546. We request your help and thank you for letting others know about this tape postulate. When you write, visit, or phone others, please tell them about Holy Family Recordings. We deeply appreciate your prayers for all who have helped in any way to make these tapes available. Let us always pray for one another. May the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph, grant sufficient grace for each of us to live our lives in perfect uniformity with God's most holy will. Hey,
fructus ventris tui Jesus Sancta Maria ora pro nobis Sancta Maria ora pro Madonna, fondly we hover 
trusting thy gentle care to prove. On this day we ask to share, dearest mother, thy sweet care. Aid us ere our feet astray. Wander from thy guiding way. On this day, O beautiful mother, on this day we give thee our love. Near thee, Madonna, fondly we Trusting thy gentle care to prove. Queen of angels, deign to hear Lisping children's humble prayer. Young hearts gain, O virgin pure, Sweetly to thyself Beautiful mother, on this day we give thee our love. Near thee, Madonna, fondly we hover, trusting thy gentle care to prove.